Hey guys, Ian here with another episode of Unleash and Unhinged, the podcast where we talk about all things dog. Dog training, dog behaviour, dog health, literally anything you can think about when it comes to dogs, we'll talk about on here. We hope you enjoy the episode. G'day everyone, welcome back. Thanks so much for tuning in once again. This week we've got Tim Sampson from all the way from New Zealand, Wellington, from All Ears Dog Training. Welcome, mate. Thanks for being here. Oh, mate, absolutely fizzing to be here, mate. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. We've got, uh, well, English English in Sydney and uh, Kiwi, so let's um, let's hope any listeners from overseas <laughs> Don't get lost in translation. <laughs> they won't understand a word we're saying. Sometimes that might be for the best. <laughs> it probably is for the best, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Start us off, mate. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you, what it is you do. Uh, well, I'm a dog trainer in Wellington. Um, I live out in about an hour out of Wellington in the wide upper on a farm with my partner who runs um, Wellington Canine Body Work, which is a... Um, massage, uh, dog massage therapist. Nice. Um, it is very cool, very cool stuff. Um, I'm a dog trainer. I have been doing it for the last five years. Um, I'm certified with Absolute Dogs. Um, I did their geek course. Um, I help. I, I love dogs that are reactive and have yeah. a, that energy. I love that so much. Um, we've set up a training school in Wellington come along um i want to change the landscape of dog training specifically in wellington and then hopefully in new zealand as well um and yeah uh i have owned a dog who has bitten another dog (laughs) and that puts me in in a unique position so um i feel like i understand what a lot of people go through yeah yeah and um I still have that anxiety myself every day, you know, like, wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to go into today. What, tell us a little bit about that dog. So, um, Nala was my first dog. Um, so we had dogs in the family growing up, but we, we had never, like, I never thought you could train them to do stuff, right? Like <laughs> it never, it never crossed my mind. Like, we had a we had a dog. We'd go for a walk. He'd run away. He'd come back. It'd be fine. We'd go home, right? Yeah. Um, so we bought our first house, and we were like, we we're going to get a dog. So I went to the SPCA. I looked around. I saw this dog, and I was like, that's the dog right there. So I <laughs> I picked her purely on what she looked like, <laughs> and she's a beautiful staffy cross. Uh, and I thought this is this is my dog. Um, we went back that day and, and picked her up and, and brought her home. So she was six months or five months ish, and she'd been found roaming in a town north of Wellington. Um, we didn't know anything about her. I didn't know anything about dogs. Blah blah blah. So this is pre your professional days. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, and I mean, we used to live next to the beach, and we'd go to the beach, and she'd just see it. Yeah, you know, like to be off a kilometer down the beach, and I'd be like, "Nala, come back!" And I was like, "She's friendly." <laughs> you know, You're that guy. <laughs> I was that guy, right? And um, 
at no point in time did I consider, oh, maybe her arousal is too much and she can't focus on me. Or no, those things didn't cross my mind. Then my um my partner signed us up to a local obedience club. And um, I went along and I discovered this thing called dog training. And I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And I'm quite a competitive person. So they were like, you can do six levels. And I was like, I'm in. I'm going to do all of them. My dog's going to be the best. I'm going to win everything. You know, like, and so uh, that's kind of dog training. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to win the dog training. I had this idea that this dog was going to, she was going to heal perfectly next to me and she'd do the greatest sit, stay and down, stay and all that sort of stuff. So that's, that's what I knew, right? Like, so... I knew competition obedience was dog training. That's the only thing I knew. And um, I didn't put two and two together at the time, but she was amazing when we went to the place. She was just so good. So we passed all the levels, um, but well, now, she wasn't great. Have, well, now you have a do- well-trained dog. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. I've got a well-trained dog in that environment. Yes. <laughs> nowhere, yeah. nowhere else. So, like, and I, I didn't really put two and two together. I wasn't like, Oh, it's interesting that when we go to the beach, she doesn't listen to me at all. You know, like I had still had no idea, right? So we moved into our new house. And we were um, at this great park next to our place. So we'd go for a walk there every day. And when we moved to the new house, we decided to get another dog. Um, and this dog was a blue healer border collie from a working farm up north. And um, if you've seen him, he's a, he's a beautiful boy. He's still like the poster child for that farm farmer and um they still produce litters and stuff like that so like to call him neurotic it would be like an understatement for that dog like he was just bonkers right so um anyway we went for a walk one day um and we saw this other dog it was like a border collie or a mill or something and the dogs chased after it i called them back we carried on walking then we came to like a corner and um I actually put Nala into a down. I said, Nala down. She goes to do a down. The dog walked by and I said, okay. And as I said, okay, she ran straight at that dog, latched onto his neck and held on mm-hmm. for the rest of her life. And so I was like, shit, what do you do? Like, so I, you know, tried to my goddamn hardest to, to take her off. And I assume I did more damage than good by just essentially just wrenching her head off and the dog. Um, just trying to separate quite, the best you could. Exactly. And like there was a time within that moment, I was genuinely like, I'm running out of energy. Like, <laughs> how do I know how to get this dog off? Like I was yelling, I was screaming, I was hitting her, I was listening stuff. She would not let go. So um, that happened. And I remember the time I was just like, I couldn't quite comprehend what, what had actually happened. I was just like, what has what has just ha- like what was that situation all about? So we walked home and I paid the vet bill and I, I called them to make sure they were fine. And to this day, that probably person probably still hates me, and I totally totally get that. Um, and ever since that moment, I've I've never lived I've never not lived with a little bit of anxiety around Nala and other dogs. Mm. So. That, that that situation was just so traumatic for well for me and the dogs around. Um, it wasn't something that I really understood, I guess, until I understood more about behaviour. So the process b- behind that was go and find a trainer um, because now she's labelled as a menacing dog with Wellington, so she'd have to wear a muzzle when she was out, right? So they said cool. go work with the uh, go work with the trainer. So we called up all these trainers and they all came around and. Um, 
they if you knew anything about Nala, she's quite an anxious dog as it was. Like she doesn't like if you if you if you close the door loudly, she'd leave the room. So you're like, you yeah. pop the balloon. Oh goodness me, she's she's see you later. You know, like that sort of stuff. So she's a little, little anxious as it is. And um, uh, the trainers that we were working with would come around and they'd say, um, "Oh, you've got to punish them if they look another dog." You know. Yeah. Um, they sh- they said you know get the, the the can full of nails and shake it at them if they see another dog and all that sort of stuff. And you would you would watch Nala; she would shut down for like forty five minutes, shaking on the ground for any of that. And it just didn't really sit well with me. Um, I remember one of them; <laughs> we were going for a walk, and she she said, "Does Miko pull like this?" And he was pulling the lead to go through the gate. And I was like, "Yeah, he's usually what he's like." And she just whipped him with the lead, like straight away whipped him. And he walked the most beautifully he's ever walked for like the next two days because he was so just shut down. <laughs> and wow. I was like, wow, this works. <laughs> but um, That's but, the danger, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is crit- incredibly dangerous. So um, thankfully, I, I was like, oh, this doesn't sit well. And I didn't know anything about the train industry, really. I just thought, well, that's not, it's not great. And I called another trainer and he was like, oh, well, you know, you got to make sure you go through doors first and, you know, eat before them. And I was like, hmm, this doesn't seem right. So anyway, I, um, that's how I began on my journey. I was like, I, I need to learn more about this, right? So thankfully, I found some really great resources online and started learning all about it myself. And if you look back at that event, like the night before, she Nala used to sleep in the wardrobe and um, uh, something had fallen down on her. So she was, she'd run her out of the wardrobe and she was terrified. She wouldn't go back into the wardrobe all night, all day. And so she hadn't slept. Um, so lack of sleep would have caused changes in mood, all that sort of stuff. So, and then we got a DNA test done with her and it said that she was um, a, a shorthead pointer, border collie, massive, um, staffy, which essentially is a pig dog. Yeah. So she was found in a rural town up north from like a pig dog litter, right? So if you look at the way she behaves, she has incredible prey drive and the lack of sleep, the stressful situation, me saying, okay, yeah. was almost like the release cue for her to just go and get that dog, right? Like she just saw it as prey and was like, I'm going to hold on to this for dear life. And like a pig dog, a good pig dog would not let go and would never consume its food, which she doesn't. She kills things and just leaves them. Yeah. So um, the, the more I got to know about that, the more it made sense. Like the, the thing about that situation is that f- the months past that, I couldn't go for a walk and see another dog. Mm. I was just traumatized. Like I'd see another dog and I'd panic I'd fill with um, anxiety and I'd just leave. I'd call, I'd yell at them, come, 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 let's go put them on lead and just leave that room. Even if, even if the dog was across the, the, the field or, you know, a thousand miles away, if I saw a dog, we were gone. So, like, you got a socialization period for our second dog, Miko. He didn't see any dogs. <laughs> so I played ball with him the whole time yep. and created an obsessed, frantic border collie blue healer. He was already from a working line. I mean, you should have seen this guy. He was nuts, right? He's a completely different dog these days. But, like, I had no idea, you know, and 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 that's the thing about fear, right? Like, it's just irrational. I can see a dog across a field, like two football fields, on a lead 
my dog is on a lead, I will still feel that anxiety. You said it off air beforehand, like the the we there's a lot of conversation and it's almost obvious about you know the dog that gets attacked um to feel anxious and absolutely for the for that guardian to feel anxious um but yeah like we work with and you you've been in that position where you've seen your own dog do that and the anxiety that comes with that it doesn't it's so much trauma like oh, absolutely and it will never go anywhere and you know what when nala dies and when she when she leaves this world a little piece of me will breathe a sigh of relief and mm-hmm. you know what that breaks my heart yeah it absolutely breaks my heart because it's almost like <laughs> there we i just go well don't have to worry about that anymore like i live on a farm we have lots of animals I've got two dogs that are totally fine with animals. I cannot leave her alone with any of those animals. Mm. Just for, because my, my, she, you know what? She'd probably be fine. Yeah. Um, probably not the pigs, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like she, the, the one good thing about this whole thing was that I was so worried about dogs is that I allowed her to look at dogs and that was it. Mm. So now she sees a dog. It's just in her wheelhouse. That's all she knows. She's like, I'm totally okay with it. Okay. She doesn't socialize with dogs. Like she's got a couple of friends. They play with her and that sort of stuff. Yep. And I let them sniff, I let her sniff dogs through fences or, you know, if they're feeling happy, I'll, I'll let all that sort of stuff happen. But um, uh, I don't just let her off at the park and say, good luck. You know what I mean? Like, but if I was to go back, I would have said to myself, get back up, go back outside and have good, good interactions. But I had no idea, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I'd see a dog would leave. I'd see a dog would leave. So she got so conditioned to the dog meaning nothing that that's the only takeaway we have, which is a really good thing. Like she can be in an environment full of thousands of dogs and she won't even pay attention to them. So a um, couple of things there. The one that I'm going to concentrate on first was when you say, because I know, like, I know that me and you being professionals will probably speak a slightly different language to the general public so when you say get back out there and have some more good experiences that doesn't mean let's just go and put her in those situations oh de- definitely not definitely not no we like- see that we see people go and go let's let's repeat that scenario because yes. you know we want them to go and learn how to enjoy that again yeah and and that pressure that we yeah. put on that dog to to enjoy that is quite interesting. So not only have they said, well, it's it's it's, it's interesting because most like for now she's a specific type of aggression, which is prey drive, right? Yeah. She's driven by the need to consume or well, kill prey, right? And that's mm-hmm. when her predatory sequence ends. But a lot of dogs that have that anxiety or fear based reactivity. They're communicating to you, hey, look, I'm not super comfortable here, and we are like, oh no, you should be. So we go back out there and say, hey, have another go. And you're like, no, that's not the way to go. Like you're missing yeah. so many signals from the dog, right? Like the thing about Nala is that she's totally fine in all those situations. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. would be fine, but I can't, I cannot and will not ever be able to almost like trust her again. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I trust her, but my anxiety will get the better and I'll need her to be on lead or that sort of stuff, you know, like. And you trust her within, uh, you trust her within, the environments that you have constructed for her, right? Absolutely, yes, yes. Like outside of that, there's a big breakdown of trust there. 
Oh, absolutely. And like, I mean, like I pick my places to go off leash, like we'll drive 40 minutes to the beach where there is nobody mm-hmm. and she can do whatever she wants. And if I, and I, but I'm still on alert, you know, like I'm still like, yeah. oh my God, if like, you know, like her whistle recall better be pretty good. You know, <laughs> there are those moments where you're like, oh God. Because you are in a slightly different position there where, because prey drive is rare. Like comparatively yes. compared to other forms of aggression, um, because what your dog isn't doing is struggling day to day with anxiety or anything. Exactly, like that. exactly, and that's the thing. I mean, she's an anxious dog in general. Yeah. Right? She's a yeah. staffy, right? <laughs> um, we're not going to pitch an old breeds, but yeah, staffy. Um, so she she is generally fine, and it's arousal that she struggles with. Like, so mm-hmm. is it was an example where we went to a a river. We were hanging out with another dog. She was fine with the dog. Another dog appeared out of nowhere, and she, the arousal of the water, which is her favourite thing, she will swim for days and days, got the better of her, and she chased after the dog mm. because arousal happened, right? Yeah. You can't manage that. Like, well, I know, sorry. I can manage that by having her along, on longer. I can't prevent that from happening. You know what I mean? Like, and I truly believe that if you would put, like, an e-collar on her, and stimmed the absolute fuck out of her, she wouldn't have cared at all. No. Because her desire to cons- to get that prey is just so strong. If yeah. anything, you would have added a fuel because the arousal would have gone up, right? Yeah. And I've had a lot of people say things like, you know, put an e-collar on and all that sort of stuff, and I'm like, eh, I just don't think it works that way. No. Because, because well, I mean, what's, just to get technical for a second there, but what, what has happened is, that's a modal action pattern. That's that's an innate behavior that has been elicited by the stimulus in the environment. And she probably, that wasn't choice. She didn't choose to do that behavior. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yes. And yeah, like there's no, look, it, let's say punishment did work. Let's just say, for, for example, let's say uh, put an e-collar on, how high would you have to ramp that up for it to be effective? Like that's not okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I mean, like, we can talk about that for hours. Yeah. Like, the, the, the idea of that low-level stim, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you're only conditioning the dog to understand something more, <laughs> so you're going to need it higher when you come to it. But, uh, in, yeah, that's, that's not why, we, why we're here. But um, uh, it's, it's interesting because if in, in my brain, punishment works, right? Like the idea <laughs> of punishing a behavior means that it will work. But for that specific situation, it's not going to have an effect. No. You know what I mean? Like she goes in that prey drive, she's going to get that thing. And she's like, this dog's insane. Like she's seen a possum before. She dug it out of a hill and can and killed it. You know, like, and I was like, this is insane. Like <laughs> the, the amount of dirt just coming out of the side of the hill was just nuts. Like um, she's allowed to e- express those um, things in a, in a, like in a paddock with uh, the mice, the rats, you know, that sort of stuff, or the, or the rabbits. She's totally, I'm okay with that, but we're not okay doing that out and about um, while we're walking around. Like, and there are times when she's seen, the, the cool thing about her is that she expresses her emotions so vividly. Like she has that power erectile, like she gets up, she gets excited, she, you know, gets animated when she feels that way. So you can go, that's the moment right there. We need to leave. And I, I I love that about her, that she tells me straight away how she's feeling. If she's not comfortable, tail's tucked behind her leg, she's crawling her way out of there. You know, like, 
There are some dogs that are just great at displaying that, and there are some dogs that just are really terrible at that. And she is a good dog with that. Yeah. And, like, when it comes to that, you know, I think giving a – this is where managing an environment so that your dog can learn how to express themselves and communicate in more and more manners that are effective and aren't socially inappropriate. What we're doing there is one, like there's so many things we're doing there. We're, we're protecting the public, right? First and foremost, yes, we're, protecting yes. the public. we're protecting our dog because if the wrong thing happens, the worst thing might happen to them. But the little side effects that come along for the ride on that are really nice in the sense that they actually learn how to feel comfortable expressing different behaviors and we get better at learning what it is they're saying. So yeah, yeah. we, you don't stand. Like don't, you, you, know, you go back to those two dogs that you can talk about, you know, one's really expressive. Yes. We can read that and go, cool, thanks for letting me know that. That's awesome. I yeah, can yeah. read that. I can work with that. But that dog that isn't expressive just freezes or it's just like instant snap, they're the hardest because well, what are we looking for for the precursor oh, for the behavior? Absolutely. And, um, I mean, like it's like when you're talking like passive or active copers, right? Like there's some dogs that will actively manage their their coping mechanisms are to get moving. You know, you can see that around, and that's the majority of dogs. And then you have those dogs that are passive copers, which essentially just freeze and stay still, and they're like, mm, and you're like, that's loading up. But, like, to, to, to help that dog as well, you need to get them moving as well. Like we need to get them out of that um, that freezing, trigger-stacking uh, over arousal state to to get them moving. Um, I think Nala is a bit of both. She has those moments where she freezes and she'll see things, and you're like, "Okay, let's let's get you moving." But and you there can, are those. I'm assuming, and I I mean, having never met Nala, but I think uh, just just correct me if I'm wrong, but you can probably. Uh, it sounds like when she gets into more of an anxious state, she's very flighty. And you can you can kind of pick that her body language is saying she's probably going to avoid conflict in this moment because that's yeah. her go-to when she feels anxious. Yes, and that's that's totally it. That, that's the really interesting thing because she will avoid conflict like yeah. the play. You know what I mean? Like so, like she's not inherently a bad dog. And and it's because so the council labeled her as a medicine dog. Said she has to wear a muzzle when she goes out. Fine, that's fine. We actually got her off that charge, which is something that's pretty uncommon from where we are, um, through showing that she could be around other dogs and all that sort of stuff. Um, but also you needed to prove that she wasn't going to do it again. Mm. And I yeah. think that, you know, like the council has no idea of any of these concepts, but you write a letter and they kind of say yes or no. Um, but she she's not a dog that will, you know, she won't be like, go up to another dog and be like, hey, fuck you, man. You know, like yeah. <laughs> that's not happening with her. If anything, she's going to drastically try and avoid that dog. But I also think a lot of that has come from me conditioning those things towards other dogs. Mm. So I think that's where I, where I went wrong with her, was being so worried about it happening, I said, well, we're never going to see another dog. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So now she sees a dog and she goes, we don't do that, mm. which is great. You know, I definitely want that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd also love, you know, like there's just so many parts of me that say I wish that she could – you know, be that friendly dog that everyone loves because that's the idea of the dog that you have in your head when you get it, right? Something I haven't asked yet. What was her behaviour like around other dogs before the incident? 
Well, she was pretty good. She'd have a, a, a couple of altercations every now and then, like two dogs, you know, yeah. they do it where the, the tension rises and they they have a moment, but um, nothing to suggest that she was going to hold a dog. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, she used to play really boisterously like that staffy growl the you know the biting of the neck they're running around and other people quite often will be like hey 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 uh my dog doesn't play like that and you're like oh, okay <laughs> well mine does see you later you know like um so she was pretty good you know pretty yeah, good okay. yeah and that's that's the thing about it is that because i i went into shutdown mode and i said we'll never again we will never see another dog just <laughs> sorry and she was like oh I kind of like that every now and then, you know, like, so I do feel like I've, um, you know, strangled her or something. It, it's so interesting for me because I think, um, you know, working with cases like your own yeah. on a daily basis. And the thing is, there's actually, unless you're going to go out and compromise your dog and others, there's actually no wrong answer to how you do it. Absolutely. But there are people online who will say things like that dog should have off-leash freedom. You know, like that dog should be experiencing life. And I tell you what, my dog's pretty well enriched. I go for a, a almost daily walk with her. She lives on a farm. She can hang out. She yeah. has a great life. But, yeah. the, you know, there are those people that would say things, you know, like put the e-collar on and teach her a proper recall. And then she would never go up to another dog. And, you know, like, you're kind of like, well, <laughs> where are you coming from with this? Yeah, that's still kind of a warped sense of enrichment for me. It's, um, it's, it's a bizarre one because we're still thinking, hey, I want to enrich your life, but I'm going to put all these constraints around it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was like, oh, what? So you're saying I can go and sniff there, but I have to come back whenever you say, well, doesn't sound that great to me. <laughs> no, and if you don't, I'm going to. I'm going to punch you for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, so I mean, Weird mental gymnastics. That yeah, absolutely. The point of like, yeah, that's enriching. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you've had enough enrichment now. Now we're going to leave. What, what? How do you decide that? You know, like, I, yeah. I mean, I think inherently our dogs' lives are so rubbish. Like, we put all those constraints on everything. We decide when they go to the toilet, when they eat, when we go for a walk. Why would I want to add punishment into their life, which I've already dictated everything to? It doesn't make any sense to me. One of the big ones on this, and I know we didn't, we didn't necessarily mean to go into this today, but one oh, of we'll, the go ones, and we'll, we'll go there. We'll, we'll go there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's what we do. But yeah. uh, it's one of the big things on that is, you know, in terms of the social needs of a dog, right? This dog is now like after an incident like that, that dog's social circle inevitably gets smaller. Absolutely. Yeah. The, this isn't just these dogs, but our dogs, their primary relationship is with us. Mm -hmm. And if we start introducing punishment to that, we now actually have just broken one of the main, with the main bond. The, the yeah. primary relationship in life is based now around punishment. And what does that say about your relationship? Well, it sucks. Well, your relationship is non-existent. Like, you just ruined it. Well, no, there is a relationship. Oh, it's, it's just it's, it's like it's, you're essentially a captive yeah they're exactly it's 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 a really toxic one and it's yeah. based around not and and all the again like word gymnastics like oh well they just respect you no they don't they're scared of you that's not how it works yeah it's yeah. i mean oh god i got so many um i feel like new zealand is a long way behind with dog training and I, and, and and understanding like real relationship building 
Um, because because we're built on this model that, you know, you go to the obedience class, right? So, like, all I knew when Nala was doing her stuff that she does was that a good dog could heal next to you, sit, stay, and downstay. Those are the three things I knew. And she was good at those things. Yeah. I didn't know that you could enrich their life. I didn't know that you could um, build their confidence. I didn't know you could build their optimism mm. or, you know, their ability to arousal up, arousal down, all those sorts of things. I had no idea of those concepts. And I just thought she's a great dog because she can do a six-minute sit stay. Yeah. I think it's wild. Like these places in New Zealand, they have like 200 people a week go there. Uh, uh, like to make – I don't uh, just to make you feel a little bit better, having <laughs> done this for a long time and spoken to people around the world, yeah, New Zealand's not that far behind. Okay, that's good. Yeah, well, it's not. <laughs> but, but it makes you feel better is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it'll make you feel better. But the reality is yeah. that uh, most cultures, not just in dog training, uh, punishment you know, driven, like, you know, your speed, you, you get a punishment if you if you commit a crime you get a punishment like yeah and i love that um the there's that sweden uh this is not dog training related but they had the um a speeding uh, a speeding camera that they put up and if you were going under the speeding ticket you got randomly assigned lot a, a lotto ticket huh. they they emailed you out a lotto ticket with the 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 money from the fines that they were getting from that camera what if so people, you get an email and you check your phone <laughs> <laughs> not when you're driving no that's, I'm, just, I'm just playing devil's advocate for shits and giggles no but. they send it to your house you get a physical one and then so people stop speeding because they were getting rewarded for not speeding yeah and i was like oh my god thank god there's a realm within society that doesn't just look at the punishment mm. i love that i love that analogy yeah because you know i mean reinforcement with a dog works the more reinforcing something is the more they will do that behavior we all know this you can't dispute that your reinforcer is wrong or missing the degree of reinforcement if it's not working yeah why would you want to argue that i mean it's you can't argue that (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i was gonna no you can't no no but you know people do right and it's like the same thing like the human brain right we have that part of our brain that can say no Mm. You know, rational thought. We can say in a situation, this is probably not the right time. Shush, 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 don't say that. Dogs don't have that. They act based on impulses. You know what I mean? Like they have, they're missing that fundamental, it's, it's, it, they're missing context. You know, they, they don't go, oh, I'm, at, I'm down at the pub. <laughs> probably shouldn't bark right now. You know, they don't do that. They just go, oh, I'm going to bark because yeah. that's what I do. You know what I mean? Like, and, and we're missing that. So that reinforcer for that behavior is inherently everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, I mean, they're very capable. They are capable of learning context, but it's just not as generalized as you and I. No, but, no. And, but, but that, and, that's, and, so if you think about that, like the context for Nala was in that environment where she yeah. did obedience, she yeah. did really good obedience. She did not generalize that to the beach. To the, because I didn't know that. Like, I just knew that when we go to the, the training arena, she does the good stuff. And that's what I mean by, like, they don't have, they don't understand the context. You can teach it but through desensitization and all that sort of stuff. But, like, 
she she wouldn't look at me and be like, oh, cool, now we're doing the healing stuff, but we're doing it at the beach. all the context cues aren't there. So like, Absolutely. You turn, they turn up to the obedience center and... Yeah, I've got the lead, I've got the treats ready to go, I walk through the arena, we do the behaviors. Yeah. Where that doesn't happen on the beach. <laughs> no, or the pub where you're falling yes. over. Like, yes. <laughs> why, where's my treats, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm in the car, mate. Yeah. The... Um, <laughs> There's a couple of things as well. Like, I think that's something that a lot of people, they just, I, I didn't know it. No, nobody knows know it. it. Nobody, nobody knows, knows it. it. It's, it's not, um, it's why we're saying, it's why we're having this conversation to make me more people more aware of it is the fact that obedience training is like a fun thing to do if done with positive reinforcement. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, it only serves the handler. It only serves the human. It doesn't serve the dog in any way, right? Like, it I can teach you a bunch of behaviours and you can do them. Let me play devil's advocate there for a second. It might, okay. in the sense that it might be a fun way to pass time. Okay, yep, fair enough. I can go. I can get on board with that. And it, I think that their relationship will, their trust in people and mm -hmm. definitely the person that is working with them will grow and that uh, that relationship will improve and that will bring a lot of value to their day now i'm not an obedience trainer. i'm not the biggest advocate for obedience but i think they're the baseline things that dogs would get out of it but that's only if you foster a positive relationship from the beginning right like yeah so so with nala i took her there and i taught her this stuff and i i made her do it because she loved food right like so they said give her food for stuff right i don't think i ever really built a relationship ar around anything other than that which is transactional in my mind. Like yeah. I'm saying, you do that, you get this. Whereas like with my other dogs, I fostered a relationship based purely around play. Mm. You know, like, and I think that's what's the great thing about play. And this is why I use it with all my cases. Um, it's because play allows things to happen in a, in a, I don't, I hate the term state of mind, but it is, it's like, if I'm in a playful thinking, so let's think about this. So I drive to work every single day. Mm -hmm. I will drive the same route every day. If I was to get in the car and just go, should we see where we go? I would take a different route. I'd experiment with different things. I'd turn left here. I'd check it all out, right? That's the playful way of thinking mm -hmm. because I'm not consigned by this. I have to go from A to B, which I think of, of the obedience world as like the A to B. I'm just going from here to there. Yeah, I don't think of that like playful. If I'm actually in a playful state, I'd experiment with all these things. I'd try new things. I'd, new neurological pathways be forming, and I love that about play. And play with your dog can mean so many things for them and for you. Yeah, because you need to be a little silly to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I, I, com I completely agree with this. Like I feel like play brings out um, uh, more curiosity. Yes, it, it it kind of really kind of it really. It's, it's so interactive that you really start to pick up on the the tiniest little movement and you start to play with that, literally. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Go, oh, you want to go that way. And yes. like, yeah, cool. I want to go. I want you to go this, this way. And it's like, <laughs> but that's totally it. Like, that's fun. And like, and people think it's silly, right? But like, it is so silly. Like, it's great. That's what it's meant to be. <laughs> but it's, it's supposed to be silly. But like, Nala was a dog that she wouldn't play conventional tug. She wouldn't chase a ball, right? So, like, my play with her is I put a blanket over her mm. and we just roll around the bed. 
Yeah. Like the only way I discovered that was because one day she got into the bed, got under the covers and got all silly. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, <laughs> interesting, right? So then now you, you put a blanket over here. She goes all silly, goes all growly and pretend to bite your arm and all this stuff. And I love that about that. Like that moment can only be created with those things happening. Yeah. The problem with that is it's not very easy to recreate when out and about. Nope. Yeah, you know I mean, like, I mean, I I have done it. Oh, I've gone to a park and bought a blanket and said, <laughs> have a roll around, but you get some strange looks. But like, if if you teach conventional, you know, possession games or ball throwing and that sort of stuff, then it's easy to do in the world because people look, kind of expect that. Yeah, and you don't get those sort of strange looks. But like, play can be anything. You know what yeah. I mean? And that that's what's really cool about it. And that's why. Like our classes are built around it, but you don't get there until you get to like level two because I think we need to have that sort of um, foundation desire to get there. Like a lot of people in the dog world will start with, you know, the obedience stuff like teaching certain down, which are all a waste of time. We all know that. Um, but we start somewhere to build that engagement. And once we've got that desire to learn more, that's when we can get into the play stuff, which I really think. Because, like, I think if I did play from level one, people would be like, oh, this guy's weird. <laughs> See you later. Well, it's, you know, just, uh, it's, it's, you've done, like, it makes perfect sense to me in the sense that we're going to get to this point yes. where it's fun and it's energetic. But before we do that, we, like the sits and the stays, like they are the boring stuff. Yeah, but what they, so we, they, we, we don't do that at all in our classes. But what, what, anything like that, what, what we're doing is creating a, before we accelerate, yeah. we're, gonna, we're creating that baseline. Absolutely. Because you can't bring it back to a baseline if you never set one in the first place. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And when you're playing with arousal, uh, when, when you're playing arousal level spike, yeah, uh, because there's more movement, there's more energy, it's, it's just better. But too much arousal is when behaviors start to get a little yeah. sloppy and like yes. things start to go a bit wrong. So being able to go, yes, we're going to pick it up. But a big, I think, I think a lot of people forget that when they're playing with their dogs is it's a flow of up and down. And being yeah, able to yeah, bring yeah. it down is a skill. Um, but it's the one that really nobody practices, but it's the important one. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. If you're not spending that, you know, five to 10 minutes after a play session just hanging out with your dog, you're missing something, right? Yeah. Um, but there, oh, it's just, oh, there's so much there. There's so much there. Yeah. It's just, a, it's such a, it's we such a little. Oh. I think what we'll do, like, we'll stay on point in terms of today. We'll talk about, you know, reactivity and your yeah. dog. And let's just come on and do another play one. Because yeah, I know we'll that's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. All right. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Like, I mean, I want you to come back on. So that's, I'd uh, love to come back on. Exactly. Um, <laughs> one of the things, like, not this guy again. <laughs> like, if you take it, like, go back to, you know, working with a reactive dog, mm -hmm. right? One of the big things that we're trying to change, like, isn't from, a, from the average dog person that's been through that, they're going to automatically think, I need to stop the aggression. Yes, but that's that's the problem with behavior modification, and I think that word is wrong. I think it's emotional mod modification. Well, that's because, what it's leading to. Oh, okay. Well, well done. <laughs> well, thank you. Here, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think I think it's labeled wrong because we say yeah. behavioral modification, but it's not actually the behavior that I want to change because I need to change your emotional state. Yeah. You know, like the behavior is a byproduct of the emotion. You're telling me something, but I don't want that to happen. Therefore, I need to go back to the root cause. Yeah. Wow, that is something incredibly hard to unpack, unpack and grasp for the majority of people. 
Well, let's just put it, let me, let me try to just paint a really clear picture so that anybody could almost see this. Yeah. Right? Let's take the dog that is normally anxious or, you know, reactive, frustrated, like in that negative emotional state around dogs. And then we get old mate that you first got in first couple of times and they're shaking cans and they're whipping the dog. You will get, there's a likelihood you'll get a suppression of behavior. So the aggressive Absolutely. behavior will stop. Yes. But what is the emotional experience for that dog in that moment? Well, not great at all. That's shit, right? <laughs> so, so next time he sees a dog, yeah. what's, how's he going to feel? He's going to feel even more anxious, even more frustrated, even yes. more just basically with emotional state. The problem with that is that a lot of people see results yes. quickly and they might see that result for the rest of the dog's life and never have a problem again. Yeah, they'll go, it, what, it worked. But what life is that for the dog? Well, that's that's where redefining what the actual, what does success look like for this dog? Yeah. Not for the, just for the person, but as a family, like as a, as a unit, like as you and your dog, what does success look like? Because if success to you actually does look like your dog not aggressing towards dogs, but shitting itself. Yeah. Like that success to you call in your book, not, not call in mine. You're probably not going to be my client. Um, yes. but, and I can't necessarily, you know, you can't that, change that. Can't change that. That's on, that's, that's on you. Um, <laughs> but for me, that's not success. Success for me is that dog feeling comfortable in its own skin in the yeah. scenarios that we take it to. And yeah, ideally more than comfortable. Like, yeah. And, th and that's why that, that road from reactivity to whatever you want to call it, I mean, I don't want to say normal because it's not normal, but like, you know, like the idea that the dog is not reacting anymore. Mm. So you, you want to go from reactive, which is I'm generally, you know, 90% of the time it's there's fear somewhere, right? Or anxiety, right? It's not often that you get a dog that's like, I would like to just fuck shit up. Like mm. that's that's a very specific dog. So like- It's a sociopath. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and they're not, it's not like they're not curable, like, you can you can um you can help all those sorts of dogs, but um, um sorry, there's a dog that's arrived. <laughs> but uh, there is a level of like for every dog, there is a different level of what success looks like in terms of yeah. how comfortable they are as well. We've got and that goes for the owner as well, right? Like yeah. you, you need to be real with the human and be like, well, where do we need to go? Yeah, and where's your comfort zone? Because like this yeah. morning, literally this morning, I had a client that was like, as soon as I said to her, you don't need to be in a dog park. And she went, Thank like God. you could see the relief yeah. coming out of yeah. her. And yes. And when I explained to her, like her dog, it, like her dog doesn't, is aggressing towards dogs and does not, is communicating really clearly at this point. Like dogs are shitting me. <laughs> yeah. And, so when I said to her, you can take the social pressure off of this dog. You don't have to go and do all the things that modern society has convinced every single yeah, person yeah. that you have to do. You could see it was it was quite funny because you could see her breathe this sigh of relief. And then yeah. the dog, the Sadie, just looked up at her and went, two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, perfect. Thanks. Don't take me here. Yeah. But that's the same thing. It's like, it's, it's like saying, oh, you don't have to go for a walk every day, right? Like, mm. well, you don't. But um, society deems that we do, right? Like my family dog went for a walk every day and he lived to 16 and a half or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and every single day he went for a walk. Well, 
It's what he knew. This morning, the, the, the lovely lady was wearing that as a badge of honor when we first met. She's like, oh, oh well, wow. I, I walk her every day, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And she was genuinely trying. And she yeah. is still yeah. genuinely, nobody's, nobody calls us that isn't actually trying, right? No, exactly. But yeah, she, I do love it. I it was it. a, it was a, this social construct of got to walk your dog every day. Yeah. becomes so ingrained in who her identity with her dog. Yes. She was wearing it as this badge of honor. And when I said to her, you don't actually have to do that. You, yeah, yeah. you definitely don't have to go to the dog park. You could feel the relief because she, was, yeah. she wasn't doing it for any other reason than she thought she should. That was what good yes. dog ownership was. And she felt like the dog was struggling if she didn't. Well, but that's also that's based on routine as well, right? Like, So if you break the routine of what your dog knows, they'll be more flexible with thinking, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a massive concept that most people don't understand. Like they'll get up, they take the dog for a walk, they come home, they blah, blah, blah. If your routine is so ingrained, when you change that routine, that adds so much stress to your dog, yeah, right? Like, that's just crazy. So uh, Nala was a dog like that. We used to walk her at six o'clock in the morning. And on Saturday, she'd be like, where's my walk? And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want any more of this, right? So we broke the routine completely. And now all three dogs will sleep until you get up because yeah. they're so used to the fact that the routine is broken anyway. Yeah. So they understand that change happens and it's not a big deal. But most people, don't understand that. And I think that's one of the biggest things. The yeah. repetition or the, the rehearsal of that behavior is only going to reinforce that behavior. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's one of the, the key things that I wish I'd known back in the day. Um, if I do this more, it's only going to make it the dog do it more. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That, that's one of my, like, if I could tell anybody that, that's, that's one of them. One of the things. One of my favorite um, things to do is say to somebody, like, Oh yeah, you, you don't have to do that. Like, yeah, yeah. Less, less is more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, please don't do that. Yeah. Um, but you know, there are so many constraints around how you should own a dog, which is wild because we've created those, or somebody has created those in a very short space of time. Because it's only been like fifty years. You know what I mean? Like. They, yeah. they it happened and it became well known to everybody really quickly. And I think that's wild. Like, I'm like, yeah. where did these come from? Oh, the norm? What? <laughs> it was Terry. <laughs> Terry. Terry says you got to walk your dog every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's Terry? Who's Terry? Terry going to tell me off? <laughs> Terry, Terry will tell you off. That's the biggest problem. You know, and then and the, obviously social media compounds all that, right? Yeah. Because you've got all this information coming in. You've got these people that have like 150,000 followers and they're saying all this stuff and you're like, well, they must they must know. They must and know. And you're like, they just don't know. Yeah. I, I, I can't. I'm, I typically will, you know, I'm one of these guys that will like, if some, if everybody's doing it, I'm, I will 100% question it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, like, yes. Like, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I just can't. I don't know. I'll always question the norm. Um, yeah, yeah, and I'm like that as well, right? Like, if somebody says to you, you should do this, I'm always like, mm, <laughs> mm, no, really? <laughs> and then I'll go and Google something else, you know? Yeah. Can, I, can I change this? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree yeah. with that. Absolutely. Right, Tim, that is a great time to wrap it up today. I um, <laughs> absolutely bloody loved it. And we're getting you back on to talk about play because I know that's your jam. I had a great time. I can't believe it's over already. It went fast. It went fast. So we're going to have to do it again. Yeah, well, sign me up. <laughs> Good man. Thanks so much, mate. Hey, no, bloody pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks so much for listening. That's it for this week, guys. If you ever want to ask questions, give feedback, or just provide some suggestions regarding the podcast, find me on Ian Shivers Dog Advocate on Instagram. I'll be happy to help. If you're feeling really generous, leave us a review on whatever platform it is that you're listening to this podcast on. And if you want to nerd out more with us, then find our sponsors because they're the ones that make all of this possible. See you next week. This episode is sponsored by Canine Caregivers. I've had so many people reach out to me over the years, not knowing where to turn to online for reliable and consistent advice on how to raise a healthy and happy dog. The information out there is hard to navigate. It's hard to know who to trust and who not to trust. And frankly, some of it is just downright dangerous. That's why we created Canine Caregivers, a place where you can come and get educational resources and access a supportive community founded on the care approach for people just like you, whether you've just brought a dog into your life or you've got a dog that is experiencing some unwanted behaviors. The content is updated regularly and we constantly keep in touch with our members to make sure that we are bringing relevant and up-to-date content that truly matters to you. There's different tiers of membership for different needs. So you can be sure that you don't have to break the bank to access the information that can literally make all the difference to the quality of life between you and your dog. Head to caninecaregivers.com.au to learn more.